0: Ray and Tay
1: today mm. Yes, sports radio's on Talking sports with friends And you know we got it on From the NFL to the NBA MLB and college to do it all day College football We know who's number one Understand on the phones You know we get it done So call in 718-664-9098 And we'll give you more of course. sports Uh
0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. We're talking champs. We're talking sports. We're talking winners and losers. So come <laughs> join us. This is Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, tall Rayside.
1: And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, hyped up. It's been a great sports week, and we'll get you ready for probably an even better sports weekend. Give us a call, 718 664 Shoot us your emails to rayandtaytoday at gmail.com. Give us your thoughts on the upcoming NFL draft, baseball, the Mets, NBA playoffs. Tweet at us, Facebook us, everything. But you know what? Check out the website, too, rayandtaytoday.com. Ray, we start off with the NBA playoffs. We got a lot to talk about just from last night's games. Uh, Even old man River, what he did the night before and what he might do tonight, getting ready to turn tomorrow, 39, Tim Duncan. But I got to ask you, are you now a believer after a 20-point fourth-quarter comeback in Steph Curry with his 40 and just space, Iguodala, Bogut? I mean, the savviness of this team, Livingston, Barbosa, are the Warriors,
0: Warriors coming out to
1: play? Are they coming out to play, ready for the sweep?
0: You know, they are, and and I think they will sweep. I thought that the Pelicans would grab a game, and they might, but that's it. It's either going to be four or five. The question is, in the next round, right, they get another team that will be a little bit better. And a little then bit healthier. Really, I think the only teams that could take them down are the winner of the uh, Spurs-Clippers matchup. But I have to say that this team is impressing me. And Steve Kerr has this cool calmness about him. And maybe it's five rings, because you have to respect the fact that the guy has played with Tim Duncan, and he's played with Michael Jordan, and he's won rings with Popovich, and he's won rings with Phil Jackson. And so... He's like Ef Hutton. For he's those a great coach. I think
1: he's become a great coach already.
0: But I'm just saying for for those old enough to remember, you know when Ef Hutton talks people listen. So you feel like when Steve Kerr talks and when he's calm and when he's cool and collected, people just listen to him. Uh this team is is impressing me by the minute and they're doing it without David Lee and they're doing it for the most part without Andrew Acute contributions from Andrew Bogut. So they're playing very small. And you know, even though Kawhi Leonard won defensive player of the year.
1: Yeah, give him his props, but
0: give yeah, and you know I love Kawhi Leonard. I think he'll he's one of the best young players in the NBA, I think he's one of the best small forwards in the NBA. But I cannot say enough about Draymond Green. I mean we're gonna talk about the Splash Brothers and we're gonna talk about Steph Curry's forty, but you can't say that. No, you're right. He Dane turned the
1: Green. momentum. He turned he was the momentum turner, I think, in that game defensively And um, the N1 and hitting big shots, you know, is amazing Curry was. Remember, they went on that run where not not just scoring, but they got seven, like, offensive rebounds and just kept getting another shot attempt, another shot attempt. And a lot of that was Draymond Green. I mean, he – you know, the activity – and I love, you know, people sometimes, and and not just you, but a lot of people like to laugh at Tay and knock Tay in the off season when I'm watching the Summer League or, uh, the, you so know. Who,
0: or, who's contributing to Summer League? Wait, wait, Let me finish. Right now. Tell me.
1: No, no. Let, let me finish. Summer League and the tail end of free agency. Because... What I like to tell you all the time is it's not always just eight guys. This is not the Knicks with Riley and Van Gundy with a tight rotation. Teams play throughout the season, 12, 13 players. And in the playoffs, guys are still going 9, 10 deep. And what I love to see is Livingston and Barbosa. They are playing key minutes, key roles, along with space. Yeah,
0: these are veterans. And... These are veterans that have been doing it for years. <laughs>
1: they are but they you know these are you know sometimes smaller moves that sometimes you know people discredit and i think you got to give the the front office some credit for the warriors as well uh along with Steve Kerr but to me you know look mark jackson didn't do wrong with this team draymond green got better he draymond green Kerr put him in the starting lineup but he's also developed and gotten better but i think you know, this team has been building year by year, piece by piece, and then the amazing leap from Green and, and Clay Thompson this year, which we both, you know, and you stated, you know, Clay Thompson went from, you know, basically being really good to, like, you know, now being the second maybe best two-guard in the league. And, and that's huge. A you know? player.
0: And he's a two-way player. And by the way, and I think that, that this is something that we don't give coaches enough credit for, but massaging egos – because if you look at their payroll, yeah. right, you're telling
1: yeah, off the David bench, yeah.
0: Lee and Iguodala, and even to some degree Andrew Bogut, to take a much lesser role, and those three are probably three of the four highest paid players on that team. And so the ability to talk to them and the ability to say, look, you want to do this, but for the greater cause, we're going to win games, it's going to be fun, we're going to go deep into the playoffs, it's... It sounds true. It sounds easy when it works, but sometimes a lot of these players that have been the man on their team. And Andre Iguodala didn't come over here to be the sixth man. He came over here to be, you know, an integral starting piece. And then to convince him that the team's better off with Harrison Barnes starting, and to convince David Lee basically to take a back seat after he signed his contract extension of a couple years ago. Um, that takes a lot of finesse. And Steve Kerr, it seems like he's doing everything right.
1: No, you're you're totally right. And I thought about you last night, you know, because Ray and Tay are big Tar Heel fans, as uh, listeners know that listen to the show on the regular. Maybe if you're catching this for the first time, Um, I got to say, Barnes, he has some just moments where just clutch plays, baskets, you know, hit some big shots. It's kind of good to see because I think what they're proving is that they have a little bit of spurs in them, right? We sort of applauded the Spurs for the team basketball and just being so deep in everybody from Patty Mills to Splitter to Danny Green, everybody, you know, contributing to the championship last year. Well, I'm kind of turning the corner and seeing that, you know what, the Warriors are posse deep. And they have got guys that can also contribute to a championship. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that works out and we'll talk about the games tonight.
0: And Kerr played for Popovich Would, and was a spur on oh, the championship yeah. team.
1: Oh <laughs> definitely, definitely. But so what do you think about that Two Bulls game? I mean right. I, I gotta tell you, the Bucks uh, we I, we look we said this last episode, but the Bucks and the Celtics, they are playing some great basketball, just don't have enough talent on their rosters to beat the Bulls and the Cavs respectively. But last night, double overtime. I think my prediction is looking better and better in terms of the bulls going to the NBA finals, right? I got to tell you, if D Rose plays like this, Butler Gasol, they get mirror back. I mean, Gibson, Noah, the bulls are looking so, so nice. Tony Snell is playing with more confidence. What'd you think about uh, D Rose in so many minutes and then and, and what, Thirty, thirty-three, thirty-five 33, 35 points he wound up with? I mean, impressive. I'm not
0: even that impressed with the 35 points because we know he can do that. I mean, you're, you're always impressed right. when somebody puts up 34 in a, in a playoff game. But what I'm more impressed with is how he threw his body around and played oh. with reckless abandon like it was the 2011 MVP Derrick Rose. And he played mm-hmm. 48 minutes. Now, obviously, it was double overtime. It wasn't their intention to play him 48 minutes. But he did. <laughs> And he wasn't hesitant, and he played with that fire. Strong.
1: He looked good. People yeah. were questioning.
0: You know, it's funny because Derrick Rose is still a young guy. He came out after one year at Memphis and, you know, almost won that national championship game. Shout-out to Mario Chalmers for hitting that big <laughs> three. Shout-out to me for predicting it because I won the uh, uh, my two pools <laughs> that year. But, uh, no, but seriously, <laughs> Derrick Rose is still a young guy. And Derrick Rose still, if he wants to, has a lot of basketball ahead of him. But, you know, there have been rumors the last couple years that he's not as excited about basketball. He might retire because he's made all that Adidas money. I mean, he might retire earlier than you would think. Because a guy with Derrick Rose, his talent and his ability should be going into his mid-30s, you know. But people started to question his his love of basketball and and how much he wanted to come back again from another. He went through a lot we don't have and to amazed, admit
1: the young kid went through a lot.
0: No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, but for a kid in his, you know, what is he in his mid twenties, late twenties? You don't hear that. You typically hear that uh, people in their mid thirties. So it was good to see Derek show that he's still excited and hungry and, and play with that recklessness that we know him to have. Both at you know in high school, in college, and and in you know before he got injured in the pros. So I was very impressed. Love this young Milwaukee team, especially when they get Jabari Parker back. Um, they make a free agent move. They'll 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 be here you know middle of the pack you know Eastern Conference for a while. They just hit the wall. You know that second overtime was just too much for them, and they got off the It was because it's hard and... for
1: them to score. That's the one thing I think that they're going to have to get a huge offensive threat in free agency. The draft, you know, they'll be lucky to get somebody that can be in, in the rotation, maybe take some minutes from Jared uh, Bayless or, or Mayo. You know, we'll see, I mean, who they could get. But I think if they can get somebody that can drop some buckets that's available in free agency, I mean, if they well, could get get
0: Parker back, and he, he'll probably give you – What if they got Jimmy 18 Butler? 18. What
1: if Jimmy Butler went home? What if he went to go be the starting two guard at the Milwaukee Bucks? A great two-way player, he can score. He scored twenty a game on the Bulls. What could he do with the Bucks?
0: Is that with like him the, and Jordan Parker and Pippen? Well, except that Jabari That'd Parker play nice. like defense, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on the yeah, wing, yeah. that's a nice uh, <laughs> respect that's to Scotty. Nice.
1: But that's, that would be kind of nice. I mean, listen, there's no reason to believe when you look at everything. This, we'll see how much the cap goes up, but it's it's going to go up more the following season. This season, I think it will go up a little bit, and then and then, you know a couple years you know all the way up to 108. But I don't know if they can afford to keep Butler. So that that would be fascinating. Look, the Knicks are going to be in play for him, Lamarcus Aldridge. The Knicks are going after him. I just I like the Bulls' window, and what's crazy. And we have to talk about Scotty Brooks being fired. Tom Thibodeau, they could win a championship, and Tib- Tibbs could be fired because the front office, sort of like what the Niners did to Jim Harbaugh, the front front office, I guess, is just running tired of of Tibbs and and running the players in the ground and yada yada yada. And I think just like the Niners made a huge mistake, I think the Bulls would make a huge mistake if they get rid of Tom Thibodeau. What do you, you agree with that or what?
0: You know, it's funny. I don't get a sense that the players in Chicago have such negativity towards him as the players in San Francisco had towards Harbaugh. So I don't think it's as bad in Chicago. I think the Harbaugh situation had something had to change because between management, Harbaugh, and the players, that was like that holy triumvirate wasn't wasn't good anymore. So even though I do think they lost a very competent and capable coach – For some reason, they just couldn't – it just didn't work anymore. And and then you have to have a change. So I I don't know. The players know that Thibodeau is hard, but the players trust him – this is what I gather. They trust him. They like his system. They know that his defense has won. He won as the defensive coordinator, quote-unquote, under Doc Rivers in 2008. Oh, they the
1: speak Celtics. great about him. So know? that's what I'm saying. I, mean... so I
0: don't think it's a hardball situation. I hear what you're saying, but, but I think the players still, you know, it's one of those where it's like, ah. Oh,
1: but the players don't matter. Out, he knows they don't doing. matter in a way, though, Ray. I mean, look, if the ownership wants to go ahead, just like Mark Jackson, the, look, Steph Curry and those guys, they stood up for Mark Jackson. The owners are like, ah, we got beef with them, we don't like them. I don't think – I'm saying that Tibbs could wind up in the OKC conversation with Billy Donovan and, and Kevin Ollie, And you could throw Fred Ho- Hoiberg in there too,
0: Yeah, you, and know, you which know, which is going to be Thibodeau, fascinating.
1: Who takes that? Thibodeau
0: might be one of those guys that just grates on you. And because he's so intense and because he's so defensive-minded and because he holds you accountable, <laughs> which are all good things, but yeah. sometimes you, that message can't – stay with one organization for more than five, six, seven years. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Time will tell. But he's, Time he's a great tell. coach.
1: Oh, listen. i take him in New York. No knock to Derek Fisher, but i take Tibbs. So let's talk about the Cavs. Let's talk about this game. You know, okay, Kyrie doesn't have a big night, but you know what? This is what happens when you have a big three. Kevin loves. And the love is being spread. LeBron spoke great about him. I think sometimes the you know the media and you know look like he said and you know Lebron's got to be careful because he he made it he didn't he didn't throw out a warm loving blanket to Kevin Love all season and so people could say whatever you know smoke where there's fire whatever I don't think it was all media driven. I think LeBron kind of threw love under the bus or took some, you know, jabs at him, whether it was through Twitter or Instagram it's or whatever. Like real
0: rock from the rock is tough love for Kevin. Love.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it doesn't matter. I think LeBron had a great game. Love had a great game. Your boy, J.R. Smith showed up, right? I mean, look, shout out to Evan Turner and what the, the Celtics are doing. And goodness gracious, Brad Stevens. Look, you know either one of us would lace up and play for Stevens or Tibbs. Two great coaches. Uh Stevens is climbing the chart of uh, I think Danny Ainge has got himself a gem and if they get a free agent, all these sort of role players for Boston yeah, to become roster,
0: though. I, don't I like well, the look
1: it's the not roster. it's not finished. It's not finished. They've got a ton of draft picks. Give Ainge credit. In the next three years they've got like, you know, like eight picks First and seconds multiples. So he's gonna make some moves in the off season and I think he'll be in play and the Celtics will have cap space. They'll be in play for who knows, like a Saul or, or Lamarcus or Butler. Maybe they you know, maybe they can get somebody, you know. I, I I think traditionally free agents don't love going to play to to Boston. You know, that sort of all how that worked out with Pierce getting Allen and the KG, you know, that was a little different with trades and stuff like that. I I don't know, but I do know that the Celtics will probably get swept just like the Bucks will and the Pelicans, but I think all those teams have showed themselves well in the first round. And you just applaud yeah. the Cavs.
0: And and they look good going into next year. And you know what? Like we said, it's unfortunate that Cavs and Bulls are an Eastern Conference semis and not the Eastern Conference finals.
1: But oh, I can't horrible. wait
0: till next week, end of next week. Let's go,
1: <laughs> let's roll the clock. No, roll. I, I, I know, I know. But listen, well, before we go backwards, let, let's, you know, let's stay on that for a second. What, what, who is going to stick LeBron? Because you don't see it being a Dunleavy or a Mirachek. Do you think Butler will be on him most of the time? They'll throw in a little bit of maybe, you know, sometimes Gibson. How do you think they're going to play LeBron?
0: I think it'll be 75% of your boy Jimmy Butler. And unfortunately for him, it'll take away from his offense. And Mm -hmm. obviously there's a size issue, right? But... This guy wants to be a free agent and he wants to command big dollars. Well, here's your here's your showcase, right? Five a <laughs> chance
1: uh, guard LeBron
0: uh, James for seven games.
1: Yeah, uh, that's a that, that, that's matchup. not fair. That won't knock his wallet. That's not going to no, knock no, no, his no. wallet. Of course yeah. not. But it, it'll it'll <laughs> only help
0: him, I think, because I think he will do a good job. He will be effective. Look, the one guy, my guy, Kawhi Leonard is special on defense, and he won himself a defensive player of the year. And for some reason, he can play LeBron. Um, but he's but got the size
1: and the speed. He's he a big does. guy, Kawhi. Kawhi's Jimmy not little. Butler,
0: yeah, he's six seven. Jimmy Butler's a little shorter maybe, but he's quick. So, look, it's tough. It's a tough matchup. I think that they'll do things to take the ball out of his hands. Um, I think they'll try to make uh, him a shooter and, and then just worry about rebounding because that's one of the things where they – they feel like with Gibson and with Noah and with uh, um, Gasol that they have a rebounding advantage. So low percentage shots and clean up the defensive boards and make LeBron a shooter again. And and Jimmy Butler's gonna have to run around and chase him and and, and run off picks and and hope that he doesn't post them up. Hope that LeBron doesn't got, take him in the post. I got post something to warm to your heart.
1: I want to warm your heart real quick. You know who the Bulls need. What do you got? This is okay. this is from up uh, this is this is from, you know, uh, an RIP shout out. They need Wait, to stick deal? LeBron. No, Tony Mason. Anthony Mason.
0: Oh that's to yeah. me, that's the guy <laughs> that I'd
1: like to see match up against LeBron because he could physically muscle him and mentally bully him and at the same time Mason had crazy foot speed. You know, he was ahead of his time. He was definitely ahead of his time. So, shout out to Mace. I just had to say that or whatever. Real quick, Ray, before we go forward to tonight's games, we got to talk about what happened the other night in that Spurs game. They tied the series, and your boy Tim Duncan, who's about to be 39, is ending 38 with a bang. I mean, Parker and Ginobili, this is why I don't think they can win the series. And I said this to you before, because Parker's not healthy. Ginobili is, like, he he looks like 70% of Ginobili, 75%. And Duncan, I don't think he can do 28 and 12 every night, but boy, oh. was Duncan amazing the other night. Oh, amazing. He
0: was, and that was even with a bad fourth quarter. So he, he played an excellent <laughs> three quarters, a bad fourth quarter. And you almost feel for the Clippers because they are now kind of doubting themselves. But they had a great... Season and they still might win this series, right? But but Blake Griffin, you know, has a triple double, is basically unstoppable,
1: and makes a turnover,
0: and now suddenly he lost the game. He didn't lose the game. He's the reason you were in the game. No,
1: I I think he's trying to be a leader. I think he was trying to give him some credit in that sense. I think he's trying to be a leader. I think his heart of hearts, he knows. Look, I made a bonehead mistake, but the team's not there if it's not for me. And Chris Paul keeps just playing. Listen, we can say whatever we want with Chris Paul, but when you look at his playoff stats, he's a monster. And him not winning has been because of his roster. Chris Paul's getting busy, and I think this year it, it might be a little bit differently
0: well, in terms of, of how of the it roster, plays out. They need a third and fourth guy to contribute. And you know you'll get it on defense from DeAndre Jordan, but you need you know whether it's a JJ Redick the problem is you put Kawhi Leonard on 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 somebody and somebody's getting shut down but it's a JJ Redick or it's a Jamal Crawford or it's you know somebody has to give them a spark and give them an offensive punch because like you said Griffin is unguardable and Paul is unguardable but but you're still only going to hit 50% of your shots right you're still going to miss half your shots yeah
1: no so, JJ Redick and Crawford have to score consistently fifteen plus for them to, to win this series and to win the championship. That's what the Clippers need. Redick and and Crawford have gotta, you know, give you fifteen to sixteen a night. And that's not always easy, but they gotta do it, right? Yeah, know.
0: and and I don't know what Do you think they have
1: to steal this game? Do they have to win game three tonight at at three AT&T? Or
0: four. I, I T Z? I don't know if it's a Okay, or next so game, it does
1: yeah. you don't think it's it doesn't it matter. To they just need tonight. to come home two two. True. I'd like to see them get game three for their confidence, though. I think if they lose three, if they get blown out tonight by 10 to 15 points, it's going to be harder to win game four. I I truly believe that for that one, you know. So let's look That's at this right. other game tonight because Toronto is they are treading water, and I I, I told you the Wizards would win. I think. They could wind up getting swept. I don't like how Toronto's playing. The Wizards are heating up. It, this this could be this could be ugly really fast. You know what well, I mean? Not only could I, it be
0: ugly, but it could have personnel ramifications. This team could get blown up if the, if they get swept. Yeah. This team might undergo some serious roster changes, and they might have to look at they at, might need to though. Team. Maybe you
1: know maybe, maybe this roster has hit its ceiling. It How do you get over the edge but this, of the
0: East, especially yeah. if you think that Atlanta? If if you believe that Atlanta's there to stay, then you've got Atlanta, Chicago, and Cleveland. Depending on Cleveland's free agency, obviously, Chicago, and Washington,
1: Washington team,
0: and then you got the Washington team that just put it on you. And then we talked about you know potentially the Bucks being decent, maybe the Celtics yeah. being decent. So if you're Toronto and you're. Uh, you, Jerry, the 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 GM, you're thinking, "Wait a yeah, minute, Messiah,
1: we're, yeah, a Messiah, yeah, we're a four five
0: team, Messiah, we're a four five team, but quick, fast, and in a hurry, we could be like the eighth best team in the conference, seventh or eighth. So we might need to do something. And, and we got a nice young backcourt in, in Kyle Low- Kyle Lowry, and Lowry. Uh, and your boy Demar DeRozan. Derozan. But other than that, we're Who could they
1: move the- for value, though? Unless it's, you know, Valanchunas, I don't know. I don't know. Who, and he's,
0: it, like, his value is going down because he's not playing yeah. consistently well.
1: Well, I'll tell you whose value is shot. And the only place he might have a home next season is in L.A. with the Lakers. And that's Rajon Rondo. And I'm not saying I don't believe that his back is hurt, but – no, it's don't believe weird not how, about his back. It's, it's, it's about it's, to me, Carlisle and him not
0: getting
1: along. Uh, I, you know, but it's so fascinating in a sense that some people feel they might actually be better without him. In a sense that, okay, Felton, J.J. Barrera, you guys, Devin Harris, if he can come back healthy, you guys have to step up and let's just let's just go without it. But to me, I. This is why I went and I picked the Rockets. I I think the Mavericks can, you know, get a game or two at home. But I just think if Howard... Let me tell you this. I'm going to have to say I'm sorry eventually again to this Houston Rocket team, which I didn't think could make the playoffs. If Howard plays like how he did in Game 2, this team could be on their way to maybe a Western Conference Finals or a championship. I, I really... James Harden is so good. They'll miss Beverly. But, you know, Pablo Prigioni, uh Terry, guys are filling in. And Harden plays sort of point and two guard. And Howard, you know, Josh Smith, they're going to miss him onto Eunice. But these guys, they're starting to play ball, man. And the Rockets are, are looking are. good.
0: And I, I think and they're going to win that- tonight. Yeah, you know, and, and Dallas, look with Chandler Parsons down and Rondo, yeah, you're missing forty percent of your starting five. I mean, the, the, you just can't recover from that. And this Rondo situation is is dis- is disturbing because he's such a good player,
1: and when, who wants you know, we him though? Talk- with his attitude, is it just Kobe that will play with him? Because I don't, I don't think the Knicks really want him. I don't think I, he fits well, in the in the triangle and Phil system.
0: Well, forget about that. I mean, people won't even get to his game. They're going to talk about his head. They're going to think, well, you know, Danny Ainge gave up on him, and now Rick Carlisle basically banished him. And so people are going to think that he's a problem child, and, and you can't be a point guard and be a problem child. You need to be a leader at the point guard position, and you need to get the most out of your players. And, again, we talk about true two-way players now granted his shot is weak
1: but uh, he can't score anymore and he's getting slower defensively i don't want to well, hype him up is anymore that
0: mental? but is that mental um, no, or I'm, that jump-
1: no physical. I'm jumping off the bandwagon i used to toot rondo's horn a couple years ago i thought he was a top five point guard i i now eight to twelve eight to twelve i'm sorry I don't see no, it because... look
0: you, you could argue he's he's with, he's with in the Darren Williams camp now, around 15, because Ooh, his production Williams on the court, like... his production on the court, first got to be on the court, right? And yeah. now his coaches are cutting back his minutes because they don't like his attitude, and... Well, you look, know, he, he still finished shoot. the
1: NBA top five in assists, right? 7.9 a game, so eight yeah. assists a game. He gets yep. steals, but I don't think he's he's special defensively anymore, and... The way the game is changing, he, you know, it's so much pick and roll offense. Rondo, you can't even do that with him, you know, because he, you sag off. He, he's not hitting the jumpers. So but to you know me, what's the yeah, right.
0: disturbing. It's like he lost his love of the game. So he's a really smart guy. And he's a very intelligent basketball player, and he's he's got skills that that many of these point guards don't. Like Russell Wilson is, is a freak of nature, but Rajon Rondo is, is yeah, like Wilson one is. of those old school crassy point guards that you don't really True. see anymore.
1: But I can only see him like going, going to, to L.A. Right, with the Lakers love of the and Kobe. the game is
0: gone. It's like he wants to, he needs to love the game again.
1: Do the Lakers sign Kevin Love and Rondo to play with Kobe and Julius Randle? Is that their team next year?
0: Kevin Love, probably, they'll go after him, right? And and the question with Kevin Love is, do you want to be the third option? Do you want to be Chris Bosh? Do you want to be the third option on a team that will compete for a championship for the next five years, or do you want to be the second Second option, potentially Hmm. first option when Kobe retires, In L.A., where you're from, or not really, he's from Oregon, but where he went to school and, you know, California. And maybe Westbrook will
1: join you in a year or two. It's fascinating. We'll see how that plays out. I could see him and Westbrook saying, let's team up. Rondo might be like a rental, you know, and and maybe him and Westbrook team up in a year or two. I don't know, but I I don't know if Kevin Love wants to stay there, and I don't know if Rondo, anybody would be interested in, in him except for Kobe. Remember, they had that, that brunch and hung out and they were talking and people think that they might like to play with each other. They're supposedly friends. It'll be fascinating. So tonight, basically, you, I'm going to say the Clippers will win. I'm going Wizards and I'm going Rockets. Who you got tonight?
0: I got Spurs. I'm going to say that Toronto wins a game. Um hmm. And then I'm gonna say uh the Rockets. I just think Dallas is, is too banged up in their rosters and flugs.
1: It it is a lot going on and you just uh you feel for them. Hey, let's take a quick break, rock some beats, and Ray and Tay gonna come back talking some NFL, looking at the draft, Greg Hardy and some more. Ray and
0: to talk NFL draft next week on Thursday so <sighs> we'll have our preview show <laughs> on Wednesday we're probably going to go um, late yeah, that night we'll give us give us time to gather all the rumors and information and break it
1: down for Oh us. yeah, 9 Eastern, 9 Eastern Ray. I got to ask you before we talk draft, we got to talk your team, the Dallas Cowboys. And they signed Hardy, they knew what could happen. They're going to appeal, the Players Association, and, you know, they've got to do it. Ten games, I don't have an issue with it. I thought it would be six to eight. I think after the appeal it might go down to six or eight. But week 11, if it is ten, Thanksgiving afternoon, you'll have your turkey leg and you'll see Greg Hardy against his former team, the Panthers.
0: Isn't that funny? So the NFL... That's not get, an accident.
1: Get, it's like they no, do no, this on not. purpose.
0: They're not. It's a win-win Ugh. situation, right? If, if he does do the 10, it'll be such a big deal when he comes back. And then if he doesn't do the 10, which I agree with you, I think it'll be reduced to 6 or 8, um, it's like... The player wins, and the NFL is more lenient, and they're not just a you know the supreme dictator. So I think the NFL again positioned itself to be you know in a win-win situation. Now something happened today in practice. There was a shouting match with Greg, with uh, with um, your boy Artie. What, what's going on there?
1: Uh, I don't even know. The Cowboys, yeah, that you know. Listen, I'll I tell you this. This right now, you know, everybody's got their little, you know, OTAs and their camps, and Manziel's back, and, you know, guys are meeting their new coaches, yada, yada, yada. I don't think any of this means anything now. And I'm also thinking people are going crazy with over mocking overrating, underrating players. I think, you know, we talked about this last time, the talk on Winston is ridiculous. I think, you know, look, if you don't think every college athlete, football, basketball at least, doesn't get the hookup for free crab legs or whatever, and if anything, I give Winston credit because he didn't rat out the people during the time, you know, when he you know, released a statement saying I was irresponsible and immature, if anything, to me that says, wow, Winston get it, gets it. He's not trying to throw Florida state and everybody else under the bus. So to me, I think the only real issue you have to worry about was the whole potential sexual assault. And I think these pass rushers Ray with the foot, What's your thoughts on that? You know, Fowler's the only one that, you know, doesn't really have the issues. And then you got Randy Gregory, who you could say Ray and Gregory showed it on the field. And you don't know if Bud Dupree from Kentucky and Vic Beasley from Clemson, you know, yeah, he showed something, but he's a little light. You don't know. So out of the pass rushers, is the guy you only trust, really, who might go third, uh, Fowler, Jr., Dante Fowler to the Jaguars? I mean, How do you feel about these injuries and off-the-field stuff with the pass rushers specifically?
0: Well, I think Leonard Williams is going to go first in terms of uh, defensive linemen. Uh, Right, right, right. He's he's special special
1: and he's not a Yeah, he'll go to the
0: Jaguars at third. I think the two quarterbacks go first and then he goes third.
1: Oh, you think think the Jaguars will go with uh, Leonard Williams? Okay. Because a lot of people are thinking he could go to Oakland and maybe even drop down to the Redskins. Everybody feels like the Jaguars are in love with Fowler. Really? Did you like Fowler at Florida? To me, Fowler at Florida, I know he's got this athletic. I just, I think there were so many games he disappeared to me.
0: Yeah, you know, again, it's, it's, it's. The Dion Jordan, you know, we talked about some of these guys are light, and some of these guys are dropping on potential, and and now yeah. if you're a nice guy and you haven't been arrested, that's that's puts you ahead of some other people. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. I, Which is I'm ironic, right? As a top five pick on Dante Fowler, I mean. He seems to me like a an uncertain pick and and your top five guys have to come in and make an impact and I'm not sure he does that in his first year or two.
1: You might be right and and honestly, with him, he's not super big and then same thing with Randy Gregory um I don't care about the off field stuff, yes, I think you know he failed the test in terms of. The marijuana, but, you know, it's more about, to me, either he's got an issue or he's dumb because you knew it was coming, you know what I mean? So I think the real issue is what happens in terms of, like, the Saints. Do they say, you know what, we can't let him get by us, or Cleveland, who's got two picks, and we're like, you know what, we'll take a risk, at 12 or 13 to the Browns or the Saints, say, you know what, we've we've got to get to the quarterback. I'll take Randy Gregory. We'll put some weight on him, get him up to, you know, 245 or 250, and put him on that outside and and just hope he stops smoking.
0: If you took the (laughs) off-field stuff away, he would be third or fourth, maybe behind Williams, right?
1: Right. We saw him dominate in Nebraska, yeah.
0: It's ironic, and that's what you said, you know. And to me, ninety percent of a person's evaluation should be their college film. You know, maybe maybe you look at you talk to them at the combine, and maybe you look at them a little bit at the combine, but ultimately, there's no better indicator, especially if you're in a big, you know, a Big Six conference, a Big Five conference, I guess, and you have a real game tape against real opponents. It's ironic that this is happening today, this year, which is the twentieth anniversary. Somebody sent it to me, an article in ESPN about one Warren Sapp. Now, he's yes. gotten into some, Hall some of fame. issues off the field recently, but strictly from an but on-field perspective, this was a situation the franchise. He was, he was an all-star, <laughs> uh, an all-American, I should say, and he was the next big thing, defensive tackle that could, that could you know, plug the middle, stop the run, rush the passer, everything no. you want from a defensive tackle. And... Then the night before the draft, all the issues with the drug tests and and marijuana, cocaine, and and all of that stuff, and and people got scared, and they profiled the Jets. And it wasn't all even proven. He didn't do the
1: cocaine. You know, that's the. Some of it
0: was overblown, but from a football perspective, this guy should have been second or third, and he wasn't. And yet he came back to haunt the 11 GMs that didn't take him. And in Tampa takes oh, him could 12, have been number one. <laughs> teams, up, teams up with Derrick Brooks and, and, you know, the rest is history. Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champ. So that's what people are looking at with a, uh, you know, with a Gregory or a People like uh, you know maybe even a, a, a Ray,
1: Shame, although Ray's got uh, a
0: physical injury. That's a little different. Right, right. He
1: doesn't have off the field stuff. He's a great kid and survived right. so much in a dangerous you know area in Kansas City and all that. So you know, I um I, I want to ask you this. You know, we our boy calls the show. Hank, he's a Dolphin fan, and I think they're in an interesting spot at 14. And you know, obviously big free agent signings. They got rid of a bunch of receivers. Um, you know, they got Kenny Stills in the trade from the Saints. Do the Dolphins, if you if you have that choice there of Todd Gurley or the third or fourth best wide receiver in this draft, let's say if Parker, Cooper, and White are gone, and then you say I either like Perryman or Doriel Green-Beckham or, you know, whatever it is, D. Smith, whoever, Jalen Strong, would you say, because you don't love Lamar Miller, Would you say, hey, you know what, the Dolphins need a running game to help Tannehill more, or they need another receiver on the outside to help him? Where do you think the Dolphins would go?
0: I don't think the Dolphins even go for a skill position. I think they still have issues on the offensive line, and they still Mm. need to protect Tannehill and give Tannehill – they need to give him weapons, right? But first you need to protect him. Yeah,
1: but you could get that in the second round.
0: Maybe. Maybe, but I because running backs and
1: receivers are deep. They're deep. Both of them are deep this year.
0: I think that they come. They come out of here like if a Brandon Scherf is from Iowa's around. Or, oh, he's or, not going to last that long. Maybe or Pete from Stanford, or maybe they take this kid Collins from LSU. Um, yeah, like, or La- from Florida. La-L. Yeah, Leal Collins. Leal, <laughs> how you doing? So There's I, a I lot of Collins
1: were, in this draft, man. You got uh, layel you got Jalen, you got uh, the other safety. You know, you got a bunch of Collins. The Collins so draft. I, I actually that's think the Dolphins is.
0: walk out of here in the first round with an offensive lineman.
1: Okay, that's interesting. That's definitely interesting. So I mean, it look draft day is is, is coming. It's going to be fascinating. Um, you know, we talked about the two quarterbacks and last time you said you think that somebody might come in either for Hunley or Petty at the end of the first to get the third quarterback. I think second round. I wanna ask you the same question with the running backs because they have been totally disrespected and this is the first year and you know, the last two drafts that hasn't happened. Last year was the latest ever at fifty four where a running back, you know, might get drafted in the first round and Gurley or Gordon, which they both look like they're going to get drafted in the first round, could you see a third back, Amir Abdullah, Jay Ajaya, Duke Johnson, um, T.J. Yeldon, do you think, or are all these guys going to be second third round picks?
0: I think they're going to be second and third round picks. I think ultimately that it's funny, every day that goes by, Gurley keeps moving up because he keeps getting more and more healthy and the doctors keep saying he's he's, uh, he's on point
1: because if Gurley
0: didn't have the injuries, I think Gurley would go top 10. Some people think, Ray,
1: he might start to go top 10. Are you hearing these rumors where the Jets might take him to Giants? I think that's too rich.
0: I think it is, especially given, like you said, that there's four, five, six guys that you can get in the first three rounds. But I don't think they clear the first round. I think Gurley, you know, your, your Arizona team might take one of them. The Ravens might take one of them. The Cowboys might take one the of
1: Chargers them. The Chargers at 17.
0: The Chargers might do it too, yeah. There are teams where both of them will be gone. So so I, I just don't know that the third one, the third running back. is good
1: is, enough to, yeah. Is
0: a first round. And everyone yeah.
1: now, you know, who's jumping up was the kid, uh, Coleman, uh, the running back. Um, from Minnesota, who has, uh, or Indiana, who had hurt the toe, Indiana, but still yeah. ran for like 1,200 yards. But a lot of people are saying that he might be the third best back, which will be interesting. Um, I definitely remember watching him against Maryland; he he was a beast. I want to ask you this though, because if AP is traded and if Cleveland doesn't love, um, you know, there are two running backs, the rookies last year, which actually I think they should love because they were great in West. And an Isaiah uh um what was the name, Crom Cromwell or whatever?
0: Crowell,
1: yeah. Do, yeah, Crowell. Does Minnesota at eleven and Cleveland at twelve, do either one of them take Because that could be fascinating. See Gurley could yeah. go in one of those spots there.
0: Again, it's a matter of it's a matter of value and it's a matter of where do you project you know the next best running back going, so I. If it's possible. I think the value of of running backs, especially in a in a two back system, has been diminished a little bit. So I don't know that people are that willing to spend a top ten. But once you get out of the top ten, it could be interesting. I, mean, I have a feeling they'll go in the high teens, low twenties.
1: But I, I would won't, say won't
0: last till twenty five, twenty six, because you know the Cowboys are going to take one of them if they're there. They'll take uh, uh, Melvin Gordon or Gurley, and the Ravens, like I said, your your, your Arizona Cardinals. So, so in the early twenties, you have got three teams that will definitely scoop a running back. So, those teams in the high teens might look at it.
1: It's going to be fascinating. Let's get to our segment. I'm sorry where Ray and Tay basically apologized to a player or a team that we either hyped up too much or that we disrespected and we realized, you know what, we were wrong. Ray, I'm going to let you go first. Who are you saying I'm sorry to?
0: You know, I'm taking this opportunity 15 games into the Major League Baseball season to say mm-hmm. I'm sorry to the division winners or I'm sorry, the division leaders. Uh, they're leaders. Not win the division, they're the division. they're the division leader.
1: If they do, then you really gotta say I'm sorry and buy an oh, Astros then I, then jersey, man. I'm
0: real sorry. But I want to take this time to take my hat off and shout out the Houston Astros.
1: They are wow. eight
0: and seven, barely over five hundred, but they're eight and seven. The only team over five hundred in the AL West in first place This team has not finished a season over 500 in seven years. They had some 50 and 60 win seasons. That's how bad they were. (laughs) But they're on the comeback. And I want to say to them, I'm sorry. I said that they are a terrible team, and I said that they'd be down in the doldrums like Texas and like uh, Philadelphia. And I want to say I'm sorry because you know what? You guys are competitive. You have a nice young outfield. They have, uh, you know, a couple of young players that are really doing well. This kid, this kid Mar- Marisnick in, in the outfield, and of course, everybody knows about Springer. And they Tuve. got Raptors. Uh They've got your boy, obviously you, Jose Altuve. So they've got some young players. And they've got a uh, a pitching staff that's that's you know doing it doing it all right. They've got uh, obviously they got the, the lefty Kuchel, and then they got uh, um, you know the veterans Feldman and Hernandez and uh, Wojciechowski and McHugh. So they've got a a decent little rotation. They probably can use a, a, a nice big power arm, and they probably need another hitter. But for now. This team is not terrible they're doing fine they and remember they got traded to the American League, so like their whole program <laughs> is different right? They were a national league team since they came in Forever. and, and expanded yeah. and now they're an American league team, so in a new division playing the un unbalanced schedule you know against new teams last couple of years, this team is all right. If you're a baseball fan in Houston you're much happier than if you're a baseball fan in Arlington because you're Texas Rangers, uh, you know, they've got some issues with some high priced, you know, payroll guys. But I am saying I'm sorry to the Houston Astros, a decent young baseball team leading the division. And I'm sorry for calling you a terrible team.
1: Well you know what, I'm taking it the other way. Because on our baseball preview show and like you, I'm going with the MLB. I said the winners of the American League East would be the Baltimore Orioles and the Red Sox would get one of the wild cards. And even though they're only 7-9 and nine, and the Red Sox are only 9-7, and the Yankees are in second, it's a very tight race. Anybody can win this division. But I'm sorry that the Baltimore Orioles are not going to be who I thought they were right now to me chris tillman and miguel gonzalez are holding the team down but it's almost like pitching miguel gonzalez has got two wins the 2.5 era he's leading like in every category 20 strikeouts you know he's doing his thing and then it's the same thing on the other side in offense It's like a one-man team with your boy, my boy, who led me to fantasy championship last year, Adam Jones, who is basically, you know, 424. He's got five homers, 16 ribbies, doing his thing.
0: Softball.
1: And basically. But I feel like my man, Buck, who I love, I feel like this team is missing Nelson Cruz. I feel like their pitching's not going to hold up as much as it did last year. I don't, I don't like the way that they're scoring. They're not giving their their pitchers enough run support, and I think that this lineup is missing its its pop. You know, Machado's not, you know, doing great. The the the, the whole team is, is almost
0: wrapped right? around. Don't even... Yeah.
1: It, you know, and look, they got a couple of guys they're hitting three hundred, even though, you know, the main guy is is Adam Jones. But honestly, I think that I might have been off and I'm sorry for letting for letting folks down the wrong path of the Baltimore Orioles winning the AL East and Buck being manager of the year because I don't think either will happen now. And it's early. It's only 7-9. I'm not going crazy. I'm just trying to be honest and realistic, and I think the Red Sox are still going to make a move for a starting pitcher. And whoever winds up winning that AL East, I'm sorry because I don't think it's going to be my pick of the Baltimore Orioles. Okay. See it. So we, let's, we let's can talk apologize. about the rest of let's, baseball. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, we, 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 we had to apologize, but Ray... Do I see the 86 Mets on the field with the best record in baseball of 13-3? What is going on in Queens? Do I need to fly home? What is happening? Talk to me. Subway series
0: starts tonight. (laughs) It's a little cold out there. Uh, Matt Harvey's ankles a little banged up. He's going to have to tape it up. I tell you what, you know, the other I'm sorry could have been to the Mets because I am not yet sold, but maybe I need to be. This I asked you
1: last time
0: is blowing through it. the league and they're doing it. They're banged up too. You know, Mejia gets suspended for the drugs. Bobby Parnell yep. is hurt. Travis Darno got hurt. You know, Zach Wheeler is, is, is probably not going to do much at all this year. So this team, and, and Matt Harvey has got a, he rolled his ankle, didn't tell anybody. So this team is not, you know, yet healthy and clicking on all cylinders, and yet you look at this it doesn't stats. matter <laughs> Bartolo Colon has four wins Bartolo Colon is 57 years old folks and he is doing it he is getting it done Matt Harvey with his two wins right Jacob DeGrom's got three got uh, no two sorry two wins Jonathan Neese nice, couple of wins and and what about that what about that bullpen that we were worried about so Familia and Blevins at the back end of the bullpen I I love their pitching staff. I do. My question with the Mets is always gonna be their hitting, right?
1: It's Who been timely. Thirteen and know, three is not an accident.
0: No, for sure. And you know David Wright is is bouncing back and, and doing yeah. his thing. But Lucas Duda, you know again nobody's hitting <laughs> Duda, the long because you just can't Duda, you just Duda. can't hit home runs in, in city field, but Lucas Duda is hitting three fifty. The question is
1: can the Yankees break the streak, 11 in a row? They haven't done this this many since 1990. Yeah. I mean, no. this is amazing. This this is really amazing. So, they're doing their thing. What do you think about our, look, we both said the Dodgers and Padres would make the playoffs. They're doing it. The Cardinals are, are doing it. Surprised about the – not surprised, but the Cubs are actually, uh, you know, playing good. They brought up Addison and moved him to second, you know, normally a shortstop. But um, and with Chris Bryant, they, they got this young team. You know, you already talked about Houston. They're winning. Oakland is sort of right there. I'm more concerned about the Royals, who seem like they're in a beef every night, in a fight. Chris Sale wanted to fight them. The A's wanted to fight them. I mean, is it the Royals with the chip? It's yeah, so, I don't understand uh, why. Like uh,
0: Ned Yost <clears throat> needs to needs to figure out a way to to get some Phil Jackson, you know, Zen master working. Yeah,
1: but they're Look, twelve and, they were, and four, so it's working. 15, 15, whatever, it's working. It's working.
0: Yeah, they're twelve and four, and they're doing their thing. <laughs> but I don't understand. You know it becomes a self-fulfilling thing, right? You you've been hit 15 or 16 times, so now you want to stand up for yourself. But once you stand up for yourself, you're like the fighting bad boys, which is okay. You can you can have that reputation, but when did this But not happen? for
1: 162 games. It's too much in baseball.
0: Right. You're gonna, you're very, you guys are going to
1: get killed. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you guys are going to get suspended, <laughs> and, and I don't know what's going on. But but when did this happen? When did they put a big bullseye on the Royals? I mean, there's a non team the, who went to the World Series last year.
1: Listen, I think their guys are kind of ornery, and they're sort of upset that they uh, didn't win it and that they, they got a chip. You know, listen, you sent me this great thing, man, about, you know, blacks in baseball, and Chris Rock was, you know, talking about the Giants, and they beat the Cardinals, and neither one of the teams had any African-American players. And just, you know, how the game is so sort of boring and, like, still with these old rules and stuff like that. And I think he had a lot of great points to, you know, why it used to be 20% and now it's only 8% of of blacks in baseball. And, yes, they want to speed up the game or whatever, but I think baseball is making the game uncool. And, you know, they get on Puig – They get on, you know, players being different, and they've got these rules, and they want to hit, you know, throw at you, and this and that. To me, I think it's a little too, like, you know, like oh, we're highbrow. Don't show me up. Uh, I think they got to get over themselves, Ray. I think it's 2015. Every other sport is exciting, and I think baseball has got to kind of grow up, be mature, but also. Have a little personality. I don't want every player being the same and looking the same. I mean, do you? That's not, that's not like, that's not sports. No, and
0: baseball needs to realize that they've got so many things going against them. The one thing they have going for them is the summer. And the fact is that they really, once the NBA finalizes, they lose over the summer. June, <laughs> they lose it. Well, they're losing it, you know, to college football, and now the NFL is extending in, into all kinds of, you know, year-round stuff. But, but really, they have the months of June, July, August until early September when football starts, and college starts in, in
1: late August. But right, but they don't kids, have the young fan. They don't. I mean, but other than that, you know,
0: they're in trouble, I think, uh, in terms of growth, right? Because young kids aren't playing baseball as much, and then the yeah. young fans just don't see baseball as exciting and this notion of fun and celebration. And you can celebrate your home run without necessarily showing up the pitcher. You know, baseball has to find a way where they show personality and they show excitement, but it's not considered showing up the other team. You know what I mean? There's got to be a way where the fan can see the inner kid in the baseball player. Yeah, because
1: it's a game. I mean, yes, it's a offended. job, but it's still a game. And that's where it's they're. It's a game. You're
0: getting paid $50 yeah. to play a game. And the funny and thing is. And when I go to the
1: park, what do I want to be, Ray? I want to be entertained. Entertain me. This is like uh, my life is stressful. If I'm spending a bunch of money, which is not cheap, to go to a baseball game, I want to be entertained just like any other sport. Basketball is entertaining. Hockey is entertaining. Football is entertaining. Baseball, get entertaining, please.
0: No, and you and, and right. I grew up. I
1: mean, we love baseball. We love it, but I mean, but most people There's don't a
0: personality in the '70s and '80s. And and Chris Rock actually had a great point. And he said, "Wait a minute, Cubans play baseball. Dominicans play baseball. You know, e- even in other countries, you can play baseball and have a little flair and a little excitement. It d- d- doesn't oh hurt yeah, anybody. in Korea
1: they're doing the cartwheels and somersaults. Yeah. Like, when
0: you hit a home run, you flip <clears throat> the bat in Korea. That's a thing. Yeah, and and no, you don't get hit right. with the ball. The ball doesn't zoom by your head at night. <laughs> ninety five miles an hour? <laughs>
1: uh we got some sensitive guys, Ray. I don't we gotta figure out why are they so angry and why are they so sensitive.
0: And the rules, the rules, you know, you gotta do this, you gotta do that, the baseball etiquette, like when A Rod ran by the third baseman and went, ha and that was like a big controversy, you know, because it's Bush league and it's and it's like really look, the only rules that need to be in place are for player safety. You know? And the rest is is optional.
1: So the rest this, is mythical. It's it's yeah, childish it's, it's and just, mythical at this point.
0: It really yeah. just diminishes from from the youth youth's appeal, right? The two youths, <laughs> <laughs> and I think baseball's in trouble. And I think baseball really needs to address this sooner than later because the gap is getting wider and wider, and and young kids don't play baseball. A lot of times, and yeah, absolutely- I mean, you could
1: have Russell Wilson and on the Texas Rangers instead of being the quarterback for the Seahawks. You know, I mean, there's a lot of young talent and people who are like, you know uh, Even though it's less violent and, and 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 it's you know potentially more money and guaranteed contracts, I'd rather well, I'd rather that, go get a concussion and play in the NFL. <laughs> You well, I don't know though,
0: if you, but you got four boys, right? If if, if your boys were no, to no, no, I'm talented, not saying. I'm, I'm like, saying.
1: I know, but I'm saying for the guys that actually do it, though, right? Right. The ones that listen, we know about the guys who are multi-talented. like uh, most of the guys in the NFL, they could be in the MLB. They've chosen not to be, you know. So that that's the issue. And, and 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 even Chris Rock said a great point it's not you can't say it's always economics because they've got no money in, in Cuba and Dominican Republic and they're playing so it, it it's it's there's a lack of interest and desire more yeah, so than anything true. so well, listen look, great great show. great show a lot to talk about we're getting closer to the draft monday we'll talk about it all more but uh, the preview is wednesday It's only the first round on Thursday. You got Thursday, Friday, Saturday next week. We got Manny Pacquiao and Mayweather coming, Ray. We've got to talk about that. And we got the NBA playoffs. So I think some of these first rounders are going to end this weekend. And uh, we'll be back Monday to talk about it.
0: Yeah, have a great sports weekend. We'll talk to you on the flip side on Monday. We've got a lot to talk about.
1: Thanks for listening are safe in a micro